Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do? The podcast where I, your host, Deborah Dennis Maller, interview artists and entertainers about their day jobs. And this is almost that. <laughs> I know I've been uh, taking slight departures from the uh, regular topic of the podcast to play some of the interviews uh, that have been going up with Dick Boston. We did have the one up with Erica Rhodes, and then they're like, oh, you didn't tell us you were going to do this, so take it down. So I did. So if you were fortunate enough to catch that before he got pulled off the air, awesome. It was a fun conversation. I don't know why. Well, anyway. But this one is actually with uh, Laurie Kill Martin, stand-up comedian and writer for Conan O'Brien or Late Night with Conan O'Brien or Conan on TBS. That's what we're going to call the show. That's what they call the show now. Conan on TBS. Uh, yeah, no, Laurie Kill Martin is a very hilarious comedian. She is here in the Boston area this weekend, May 31st through June 2nd at Laugh Boston. Uh, and I had a quick phone conversation with her. Just to talk about being a late night writer, uh, doing stand up, being a mother while be while uh, being a mother to a child while doing stand up, uh, and you could see a little bit of the inside process of how I do interviews and how I talk to people. And uh, I love Laurie Kilmartin's uh, "Don't Give a Fuck" attitude <laughs> during the conversation uh, because what I like to do for comedians, if I can, is set them up to be funny. And I tried that for Laura, and she goes, oh, yeah, no, no, I don't do my bits in interviews unless you ask me to. I was like, oh, well, can you do that bit then? Uh, She's like, yeah, sure. Uh, because, you know, I wanted to give her the opportunity to be funny uh, and tell her material to get people to read it and laugh and like and feel endeared to her. And she's like, yeah, you don't have to. This doesn't need to be a dog and pony show. You can just ask me to do that bit. I was like, all right, cool. So you understand how I write. Perfect. Uh, so it was good. It was a fun interview. She seems really cool. I um. I'm hopefully going to get a uh, physical copy, which is out on newsstands in the Boston area at Somerville, Cambridge area, as of right this moment. Uh, of course, you could always read it online anywhere in the world at digboston.com, D-I-G-B-O-S-T-O-N.com. Check the Arts and Entertainment Center, and it's there in comedy. So, uh, by the way, before we get into the podcast, I will let you know that I did uh, the, uh, if you're following anything I do, there was a play that I am in called All the Greatest Books. All the great books, abridged. Uh, it's uh, by the Reduce Shakespeare Company. And we did our first show up in Bristol, New Hampshire at Kathleen's Irish Pub. And it was an absolute success. Fun time. It was a long, grueling weekend. But <laughs> just driving two hours up there and getting set up and rehearsing, then doing the show and in a place that's not air-conditioned uh, on, on a slightly humid day. Summer's Day, Memorial Day weekend uh, it was a little grueling, but it was absolute fun and we enjoyed it. My, uh, I stayed with my buddy Pete, whose family has a house up there and it's just a gorgeous place. Nice bed to sleep in, hang out with him and his family. And it's interesting to see the people that like to see your friend's family, you know, like to see the people, not the immediate, well, uh, not that, you know, mother's father's brother's sisters that I've met those families, but it was like his, his aunt and uncle and his cousins were up there. Um, as well, so I talked and hung out with them a little bit, and it's interesting just to get a glimpse into the world that your friends grew up in, you know, to see the people that inspired your friends, or the people that your friend are inspiring, because he has two two younger cousins that were there we were hanging out with, which, you know, I mean, they're, you know, 20 and 25, so they're men, they're, they're adults, but you have to understand, I'm sure uh, Pete had some kind of influence on in him, because they knew a lot about stand-up comedy, we talked a lot about that stuff, and you know, and they're still so much younger than me, so they're just hanging out on like Snapchat and and talking about artists I've never heard of, but because <laughs> I've become that old guy that doesn't know what's going on in music anymore. Oh, anyway, but so that was a fun, nice place. Our director Kayla, who's also in the play, she, her family also has 
uh, a uh, trailer up there that we could have slept at, but it was kind of crowded already and a lot of dogs, which I love, but some of them may have smelled kind of bad. Uh, and I have a sensitive nose because I am a sissy. But uh, luckily, Pete was up there and he offered it up to uh, anyone who wanted to stay at his place, his family's place. So I did. And um, it was great. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and it's weird. Like, <sighs> this I found interesting. I don't know if anybody else did, but so our director, Kayla, my uh, good friend, Pete Andrews, uh, both their families have summer homes up in this town, like two miles away from each other, whatever. It's like really close, but neither the two of them, they're the same age. Neither the two of them know each other except through Pete's girlfriend, Lexi. Like that's how they met, but their family have had these houses up there for years before the two of them ever met. And I find that just interesting that their worlds cross and like, Kayla's little brother is the same age as Pete's cousins who are up there all the time too. And it's just interesting that the, the these worlds that like Lexi, his girlfriend is the linchpin between these, these two groups of people that are within proximity of each other and never knew each other. So that's, there's a coincidental, I guess, uh, interesting, uh, serendipitous maybe kind of thing, but. Anyway, that was up with me, and then uh, we are doing another performance uh, June 23rd at the Regent Theater in Arlington, which is going to be more fun. I love the space. It's the basement uh, theater. It's the underground theater there that is just gorgeous and small and tiny and perfect for us, and we're just going to have a good old time with that. i got to get all this sound cues together because we didn't really use the sound cues at Kathleen's as much as we should have, uh, but we will on the 23rd, which will be great and fun. Uh, so that is what I'm looking forward to. And I got a couple of shows coming up, comics, I'm Ogan Sun. And if you, uh, we're doing, I'm doing a show in Lowell. So if any of you care about any of those things, deadairdennis.com is the place to find that information. So, and speaking of information, you will learn a lot about becoming a TV writer. Eh, maybe not a lot. You'll learn a fair amount from my conversation with comedian and late night writer, Laurie Kilmartin. Speak with uh, Miss Kilmartin. Yeah, that's me. Is this Dennis? It is. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic and wonderful. Uh, are you ready for the interview, or do you need to take a minute to get ready? Or no, I'm ready. I'm totally ready. Absolutely great. Awesome. Cool. Um, to start off, let me ask you. Uh, uh, this is mostly for my own curiosity because uh, your your PR person, publicist. I don't know what the difference is between those. Uh, jobs are, but uh, she said uh, we had to do this early because you had to go to work, and I'm assuming Conan show? Is that what that? Yeah. Okay. Correct. I yeah. didn't know if there was another uh, avenue that you were going to, another uh, job or a writing job or, or what it was, but um, so you've been with Conan, you've been on, you've been writing for Conan for what, three or four years now, or longer? Um, Actually, I started in 2010 when the TBS show started, so I've been there uh, almost eight years, because I think we oh my God, started in... September, yeah, of uh, 2010. Yeah, was it? Uh, what, all right, let's, that's it. Brings up a good question because the uh, you started at when it was TBS, not when it was Tonight Show, correct? Right. Yeah. Was there an uncomfortableness between uh, amongst the staff when they started on TBS? Um, no, I think everyone was, if I remember, I mean, I, I kind of joined a moving train, but I think everyone was pretty excited, you know, 
it had been a few, like maybe, gosh, how long had it been? When did, it had been a while. So I, I think once the TBS deal was announced, you know, everyone knew they were coming back and people were happy to be working again. And, um, you know, Conan was, uh, and Phil is like really excited about doing this show. So it, it kind of, everyone felt excited, you know, it was, I, I think also, again, I wasn't there at the Tonight Show, but when you go from network to cable, there is a little bit more sense of freedom. So I think people were pretty psyched. Oh, so there was excitement. Okay. Cause I remember looking at it and going, oh man, I hope this works out for him. I love Conan. TBS is a channel I watch a lot, but I don't know about other people. And it's, it was kind of different or new. I feel like to me, at least to see a very popular, um, very uh, regular uh, late night show go to cable. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, he's kind of the first guy to jump that way, but um, you know, it, as far as I know with our show and I think a lot of late night shows, hardly anyone watches them late at night anymore. <laughs> like yeah. they should be called the next morning at work shows because <laughs> it, it just, you know, everything is watched uh, on clips. Just people just don't watch TV when it airs anymore. It's, it's yeah. so, it's so, it's so uncommon that, um, you know, uh, it, it doesn't it kind of, it, it's on TBS, but for most people it's on YouTube, I think. Does yeah. that change the way that you guys write segments? Uh, no. I mean, I'm not a sketch writer, but I, I, I don't get the sense that they're, they're changing their senses of humor to, to work with YouTube. And I don't know that you'd have to, um, but uh, for, for my job, I'm a monologue joke writer. It's, we don't, uh, we write for the live audience that's watching in the studio with, uh, and, and watching the taping and watching Conan. Okay. Um, so, it, but also like it, that, well, you, you answered one of my future questions, which was, where do you feel your strength was in writing? Was it sketch or monologue or uh, segment uh, segments? But, uh, okay, so there's also not a push towards saying, hey, can we write these in a different way to make them more palatable to YouTube? Or, hey, can we write five tweet jokes real quick and then sh throw them on social media? So there's no push towards that. Um, as far as sketches, I mean, I think Conan's original sketches were perfect for YouTube before YouTube was even invented. I mean, if you, you know, look at um, a lot of his, a lot of the old stuff from late night is really uh, gets a lot of um, hits on YouTube. So I, I think, you know, because they were all they were like in short, you know, three or four minute sketches. That's perfect for the internet, and and he was doing that in 1990, you know, five or whatever. Yeah. But there's also so. like no push towards making the monologue jokes shorter. Like, hey, we need a joke that's the size of a Snapchat. Can you <laughs> do that or something like that? No, we just try to. It's hard enough to write funny ones. To worry about the size of them is yeah. is, uh, is like too much. No, we just and and, and my, our monologue jokes are two sentences, so it's a setup and a punchline. They really aren't more than twenty seconds to say at the most. I think. I mean, I've never timed a monologue joke, but uh, you know, there it's it's a it's a it's a setup and a punchline, so they're pretty quick. Uh, and before I move on to the other writing jobs, you recently did a set on Conan, which I don't think was your first one, but I know I recently saw um, a video of you doing it. And I know I've seen your 
I'm, I'm a fan of yours. Let's okay. get that out of here. So I've seen <laughs> lots of your stuff. But um, in particular, what I was wondering is when you are a writer on a show and you do a stand-up set on the show, what's the protocol for that? Like I've talked to my friends who have done, my fellow comedian friends who have done their first or second late night spots, um, but I've never talked to anybody who's done them before or who works for the show. So is it one of those... Hey, look, we're going to have a short segment. Can one of you go out and do five? Is it, hey, you got something coming up. Let's go ahead and give you, you know, a, a four or five minute stand up segment so we can help promote your album or your book or whatever. Is there a, a protocol for that? Is there an asking? Is there a hierarchy? Um, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's a little easier for me cause I know the booker mm -hmm. JP, um, but I've only done the show twice. I mean, I know a lot of comics that aren't, don't work for the show that have done it way more than me, <laughs> but, um, uh, for this, but for both of them, um, I had just done, you know, JP's out watching shows every night and he had seen me do spots and, and, uh, and said, Hey, let's put a set together. So. I think that happened both times and um, uh, I, I didn't ask, but um, I, I'm, I was, you know, I'm, I'm out most nights working. So, you know, he, he runs into me on stage. <laughs> so it, it, it's just as if you were not a writer there. He knew you, he saw you and, you know, he was like, all right, cool. Let's, let's get you on the show. I think it maybe it was a little bit easier because he knows that I know the sensibility of the show. Like, yeah. I don't think he he doesn't need to worry. I'm going to all, you know, freak out and start swearing or, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I think maybe it's a little like, hey, he knew my jokes and he said, let's try these one, these jokes. And um, so I started working that set and I did feel comfortable enough to call him, I guess, like two days before and say, hey, this joke isn't working and I don't know why, and it might be because it's first and, and I want to put a different joke up top. And he, you know, maybe cause I write for the show, he trusted me to know that that joke was going to, going to do well. And it, and it did. So, you know, I guess that helped, you know, that just the familiarity and knowing that the person is going to be able to do the job and knows the show. And you came to Conan from late night with Craig Ferguson. Is that right? Uh, let's see. I was on, I was on uh, the late show for a little while and then I did Adam Carolla's show called too late. And then mm -hmm. I did, uh, then I had a baby <laughs> and then I was, uh, then I worked on Bonnie Hunt's daytime show for a little while. And then, um, I got fired from that. And then I got Conan a, a few months after that. Oh, so, okay. There, there was time in between. Uh, cause I was curious, what's the difference between different late night shows, uh, writing for one as opposed to the other? Oh, well, it's, your it's experience. all your, you know, your host sensibility, you know? So, um, and I, I didn't write for Ferguson for too long, um, but he, I think his monologue and I, I wasn't there, it was starting to evolve when I left, but, um, his, his turned out to be much more of a storyteller monologue, which is, which, you know, really fit his style much more. Um, and, and Conan's is, uh, super traditional. It's, it's very Carson-esque. It's, you know, they're very, uh, short two sentence jokes and we it's in between the jokes is when he sort of, you know, messes around with Andy and the crowd and stuff like that. They're almost like little vehicles to give him something to talk about while he hangs out with the audience. Hmm. Um, 
the Bonnie Hunt show. Uh, I, this might be the wrong Bonnie Hunt show that I'm thinking of. Um, the one that you wrote for, was it a talk show or was it a three camera sitcom? It was the talk show. Ah, okay. Cause I think a buddy, uh, a friend of mine here in Boston, Ken Reed, he has a podcast and he just had Bonnie Hunt on. Um, oh really? Yeah. And he was talking about how Bonnie Hunt had a show and they wanted to change the actors, uh, and she refused to do it. So she just canceled the whole show. And I thought I was going to ask you about that, but not the same show. So moving on. <laughs> Oh, her, her sitcom was amazing. Um, I, I think it's called Life with Bonnie. I started, I hadn't seen it until I started working for her. And then I, you know, was started watching it online and it was, it was great. It was really funny. Um, I, I, I didn't know that was the backstory on, on why it got canceled, but um, I know she, she like wrote and produced and star. I mean, she did everything. She directed it. Uh, yeah. I think she had like 20 episodes already written or something like that when she came to pitch it to them and they're like, all right, let's get your writing. So I'm like, why are you already have it done here? God dang. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like her. She, <laughs> she does everything. <laughs> See, you know what? That's the thing. I've known who Bonnie Hunt is for a long time. I watched tons of her stuff and for some reason never put together in my head that she's a standup. Like when he, he or I were talking about that, I went, yeah, no, I think she's done standup, but I can't no, think of. She's not. She's not at all. She's not a stand-up at all. She's a she's an improv actor. Oh, okay, that's where it was. She's out of okay. Second City. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, improv people are there. I think if I if I I wish I had the personality of an improv actor because they seem to, they work really well with others and they they're much more um, they have a, a much more uh, di- diverse um, abilities. You know, stand-ups are just really good at standing alone on stage and controlling things um but no she's not a stand-up comic at all i don't i and she's she's like kind of a famous famous for her improvising at uh, second city okay because i know I've, I've i know a lot of her acting roles and i know she's known for comedy but i didn't think all right so i was wrong about the stand-up thing good all right. oh that's okay i mean I, I think a lot of people don't know there's like such a deep division between improv and stand-up oh i'm a stand-up myself i know i know oh, okay yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. no yeah. i know how we are <laughs> that's a different personality type <laughs> oh yeah no they're all it's it's a it, improv's a team sport and stand-up is not it's just yeah. really the way it boils down to um yeah. there's a reason why people are, gravitate towards one or the other we both right. want people right. to like us it's just we want them to like us we we go about getting them to like us in different ways Mostly sure, standups, sure, we sure. we get people to like us by being mean and funny, and uh, improvisers do it by uh, being talentless. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's they're always so positive, happy people, and I don't I don't understand why the world's dark and bleak. I don't know what they're seeing, but exactly. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Well, speaking since, my language. See, speaking of this, because obviously I had you know had to go through the history of things. Uh, Cause I, you know, life and your, I wanted to know more about your life. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is an interesting fact or not fact. I think there's a thing so you uh, was a, you were a swimmer when you were younger. You were a competitive swimmer, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a very solo sport. Like it's just you in the water against the other people. It's you're on a team, but you're just competing individually. Um, yeah, totally. you're doing the weird swan, um, synchronized stuff well yeah synchro is a team sport but uh yes lap swimming is very solo you know if you're on a relay together you have some sort of semblance of 
you know, a, a responsibility to another person, but after, but those, those only last four minutes. So <laughs> it's a total, it's a total solo sport. Yeah. Do you it's think just that- as selfish as stand up. I was going to say that. Well, not the selfish part, but do you feel like growing up doing that solo a sport and having to be independent only towards yourself leaned you towards going into stand up? Uh, yeah, it's that's a good point. It's probably uh, similar personality types. Although I don't know, no one else from my swim team started doing stand up. But I, uh, it, yeah, it, it definitely you you get used to motivating yourself and sort of just being alone in your own head, uh, which I'm pretty good at now. So, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I had a comedian where who wrestled, and I was I put the, that connection together on the same. Oh, was it Becky well. Owen? Hmm. Was it Mike Vecchione? No, it was a local guy. Oh, okay, cool. But I do know who I Mike know- Vecchione is. I do know of yeah. him. Not personally, Michelle- I know Yeah, Michelle Wolf. I just heard on her um, Terry Gross uh, Fresh Air interview, was a runner, which is also kind of a, a very similar, you know, sort of just yeah. in your own head kind of sport. Oh, yeah, there's, 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 it's a long time of just being by yourself. Yeah. And she must be yeah. really good at it with those humongously long legs. Yeah, probably. Like, it's probably not even <laughs> fair that she's a runner. She just steps and outruns everybody. Oh. <laughs> I'm short, so I'm jealous of all tall people. <laughs> uh, swimmer. Got that off. Okay. Uh, another softball. Uh, do you consider yourself more? And I always find this an interesting question to ask stand up, uh, fellow stand-ups. Do you consider yourself more a writer or a performer? You do write, you do perform. Do you feel you have a strength one way or the other? Um, I guess I I have more of a strength as a writer. If okay. I had to, I would say 51, 49 that way. Okay. See, I'm the opposite. I feel like I'm so much better a performer than I am a writer, probably because I'm not funny. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you like, Tracy Morgan was just on our show, just on Conan. And that guy is, he, he's, just funny it's it's he's got there's people like that where they just have whether it's their timing or their voice or you know like tracy always looks like as soon as he says something he looks like he's bored with it and he's on to his next thought and so you're you're constantly tracking his eyes (laughs) when he's whenever he's speaking and that's just it's a different personality type than you know somebody who's like typing on a keyboard, you know, and has to sort of figure out how to perform a joke. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're both, as long as you're getting laughs, you're, you're good, but it's every, you know, you, you kind of find your strength and then uh, lean into it. Um, now you have a son, um, just one kid so far, right? Yeah, Yeah. that'll be it for sure. Uh, he's what, about 11 years old? Yes. So does he understand what mommy does as a writer for TV and as a comedian? Uh, a little bit. Uh, he doesn't really watch my act. I think he he overhears it if I bring him to a club or something. Um, but uh, he doesn't really think you know pay attention to that. The hardest I made him laugh was recently. He's on crutches right now. He did something to his knee, and uh, I always accuse. Was him that of, finger quotes? What do he you mean? Did something to his knee. No, no, no. He, like, he, he landed on it weird okay. in some dumb basketball game. Okay. And uh, and so uh, I asked him if when he's around me, is is he, you know, uh, limping extra hard? And then when he's with everybody else, then I started tap dancing. And 
that's the biggest laugh I've ever got from him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so he doesn't really uh, pay attention too much to stand up. I, I hope he doesn't want to do it for a living. He's he's very obsessed with YouTube. He, you know, like everyone his age, he has a YouTube channel and uh, he's he's really into um, he on the weekends. He's with his dad and he puts out like four or five videos each weekend. Oh, wow. So he's at, at, at 10, 11 years old. He's doing YouTube videos. I'm 36. I can't, yeah. I, I couldn't put out four to five videos in a month. I know. To. <laughs> he right now he's putting out Fortnite videos as fast as he can make them where wow. he's, you know, like a little picture in picture where he's playing Fortnite. Uh, I don't know what Fort Fortnite is. I don't have children. Is that a child's um, game or I thought you said like, four to five. What's oh, Fortnite? no, sorry. Fortnite is a, uh, yeah, it's just a game that's super popular right now. Like, oh, is it the new Minecraft? Popular. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those games that I think will be popular for, like, more like, in terms of Pokemon, where it'll be, it'll be incredibly popular for a couple, like, maybe a month or two, and then we'll die down. Okay. Um, so you mentioned this. You bring your uh, You bring your son to the clubs when you're doing, when you're performing? Sometimes I do. I mean, he's, you know, he just sits on his iPad and, um, he, you know, no one notices him. <laughs> um, he, um, I'm bringing him to Boston with me cause I want to show him Boston and I want to take him to some, you know, historical sites. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I bring him, he's old enough to uh, sit in a corner and not bother anybody. Okay. Yeah. And I wonder when, when certain parents, what they do with their children when they, run around doing spots like well i guess la you don't run around and do that many spots in a night it's more of a one spot a night kind of city is that true right i don't bring him out on school nights at all okay. this is summer vacation so um i i just wanted to and boston's such a great city i wanted i wanted him to see it okay so like road shows where it's a stay okay yeah that makes sense completely yeah um yeah uh, now your son is by um, uh, by by ethnic. Is that the right word? No, he's he's uh, his, his, uh, his dad is uh, Mexican, so he's half you know he's half Hispanic, I guess. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. that was the I, I I already feel uncomfortable the way I asked that question. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, you have mentioned it in your stand up before uh, oh, yeah. that you're, I guess. Uh, concerned about your son's ethnic identity going up, whether he understands about his Mex Mexican heritage or. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's up to his dad. Um, but I, I guess I'm more concerned as any parent is if their child isn't lily white, like, uh, how he's going to be perceived by authorities. So, uh, I, you know, that's more my concern. Uh, uh you know, just, I, I, I want him to be treated as, as every citizen should be treated. That's all. Uh, and I think you have a, uh, is there, I was kind of trying to set you up for, you have a joke about that. Oh, you want me, if you want my joke, I'll do my do joke. Do you want I, me uh, to write the joke? That's the, that's the question. Or do you still use it in your set? Um, I, I still use it on my set, but you could write it. I don't care. That's okay. Uh, all right, yeah, I'll rewrite that as the 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 way the joke goes, where it's like, I don't know, uh, mommy, am, what is it, mommy, am I Mexican or white? Let's ask a cop. Uh, yeah, I don't know, honey. Let's ask a cop. There you go. Okay, I'll re <laughs> now that we have it on recorded yeah. record, I know how to not screw it up later on. Well, it goes, it goes, <laughs> mom, am I white or am I Mexican? And I didn't know how to answer that question, so I said, I don't know, honey. Let's ask a cop. 
Okay, perfect. I'll put that in there, and that you know, I try to get you know get some serious things and some laughs out of people. Oh yeah, you can uh, you can directly ask me for the joke, I, but I I didn't uh, I don't like the I, I I would never ever do one of my jokes in a conversation, so that's why I would I mean it's just it, what I think only monsters would do that. So, um, but if you want it, you know, definitely ask me directly. That's okay. fine. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I mean, on that subject, I think in this situation where it's an interview promoting you, I think it's acceptable. But if you're just yeah. testing bits out on your friends in conversation in the green room, you know, don't do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, hurt, I mean, yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, because your your husband and or your husband, your son's father, and you aren't together, is he involved, or is that something that you get concerned with having the four, you know, having to say, "Hey, look, he's your son. Go do things with him. Go bond with him." Oh no, there he he's with his dad most weekends. Okay. So um, yeah, and and I again like I get pinged every time my son uploads a video. So I'm like, yep, they're hanging out together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's because I didn't. My parents were together my entire life. However, my father had a first wife and a son from a different oh, wow. marriage. But we were they're like family to me. We get along with them. We see them all every yeah. holiday. Like literally. My father's dead now, and we still hang out with his first wife as family, which is very unlike everyone else's separated family. So I don't understand when the uh, how everyone else does their livelihoods. So that's I'm always interested to see how if they're I'm trying to find that one family that's like me where they're like, yeah, oh, we totally get along all the time. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think well, happens. you know, his dad and I had a kind of an acrimonious breakup. So uh, as long as we, you know, we keep our conversations about our kid, we mostly text. So, you know, I, I, there's no, there's not a lot of yelling. Sometimes there's some all caps texting, but my son doesn't hear it, obviously. So <laughs> as far as he knows, we get along fine. <laughs> okay. so, so, or is that, is that the generation gap where the kids are, they now realize that mommy and daddy are fighting because of the, uh, sound of the keys being mashed on the phones perhaps yes <laughs> <laughs> like instead of yelling it's the uh, okay and yeah, then and uh... I'm holding holding down the shift key that's what <laughs> <laughs> um so uh on that since your your husband's uh you and your husband or you and the your baby's daddy uh so i thought what was wrong with me are no longer together do you uh, as a comedian as a performer as a person who's on tour and a mother uh do you find dating to be difficult um i haven't dated in a while i just don't it's um the last couple boyfriends um uh, you, you know i i um if I didn't have a kid, I would probably have a boyfriend, but, um, I don't have a lot of, you know, my, my free time when I'm not doing stand up, I want to hang out with my son and I don't want to go on a date with a guy that I don't know. Like I'd rather give that time to my kid and he's 11 and he'll be like, he'll be 14 or 15 soon. And then he won't want to have anything to do with me. And then I can definitely go on dates, but I, I feel like right now my, time goes to stand up or it goes to my kid, but I, I can't justify giving it to a guy I don't know. And I've just met on Tinder or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and also you, I think you have a joke about dating and, uh, as it relates to time and first dates and time. 
Oh, so <laughs> Dennis, you want that joke? That's what you're asking for, right? Well, I no, I want your genuine answer, and then I also want to tag the joke in on the bottom. Oh yeah, okay, all right, cool. I want to make uh, it. Yeah. I'll I'll rewrite it to where it sounds like a, a one natural flow. It's like I like to spend my time with a kid because uh, I I don't have, you know I uh, if I spend time with a guy, it has to end in sex or whatever the joke is. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, do you want me to do you want me to do that joke now so we have it? Yeah, if you don't mind doing it on the recording, because I think also sure. the just uh, okay with you, okay with you that I can release this conversation as a uh, podcast too. Sure, 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 sure. All right, cool. So then, yeah, now now everyone knows my writing process. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's always people love to see uh, behind the scenes. That's good. That's good. Okay, so the joke is uh, I don't date much, but when I do date, I try to have sex on the first date. And that's not because I'm promiscuous. It's because I'm efficient. My babysitter costs sixteen fifty an hour. I can't afford to go on dates that don't end in penetration. It's fiscally irresponsible. One time I was on a five-hour date. At the end, the guy tried to kiss me goodnight. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. You either take off your pants and join me in my garage, or you give me eighty two fifty in cash. <laughs> he did both. That's that <laughs> It's a good one. I like even if I wasn't going to write it down, I want to hear you tell it. <laughs> I've never never told it that early in the morning. <laughs> it, it feels it feels unnatural. <laughs> well, since it's uh it's early in the morning, uh let's yeah, well, I guess you don't do morning radio. Nobody does morning radio anymore, I guess. I don't know, but um so on on that subject since it's early in the morning, uh you're unlike other most other comedians where you have to get up early now because you have a kid, you have a day job, you have these other things. Is there, does that uh, change how you go out at night or does it change how you do sets or anything like that? Um, I try to get up first um, and get home. You know, I try to get up early on an 8 p.m. show. My kid goes to bed around 9.30. So if I can get home by 9 15 then I can put him to bed and read to him and stuff so I, I try to do that um that's that's but I I don't always get to do that but I mostly try to get home in time to put him to bed sometimes I'll put him to bed and then run out and do a very late set because my mother takes my mother also lives or I live with my mother or there's some who knows how exactly how it is but um <laughs> she's I, I just tell you she's here too and uh so she, um, you know, she can be there and I can jump out and do a really late set. But then it's if I'm doing a, you know, an 11 o'clock spot somewhere and then I have to get up at six the next morning, you know, it's brutal because I don't get home till midnight and then I'm up till one because my brain is buzzing. And anyway, you know, I mean, we all know that. Yeah. I guess that. Uh, yeah. Okay. I live on a series of small naps my entire life because. I do yeah. comedy, but I also do morning radio, so I'm up at 4 a.m. every day. Oh my god! That's, that's why. Awful. Yeah, that's why uh, when Jess was like, "Hey, can you do this early?" I'm like, "Yes, we can do it so much earlier. Please, can we do it earlier?" Because <laughs> for you, it's what 8:30 in the morning. It's 11:30 here. 11:30 is my nap time. I go in, I take a two-hour nap, and I go back to work. So, uh, okay. So, but uh, so your mom's on your team of people helping you out. Is there anybody else that you usually have to help with the kid? Uh, I have the baby. A babysitter picks him up from school and takes him to, you know, swim practice and various little activities he does in the afternoon and, you know, helps him with his homework and stuff. Um, 
Okay, and then uh, this tour, is it to support a book you have coming out, correct? Um, No. I mean, I'm just doing, I, I do stand up on my hiatuses. I, I do road work on my, hi, on my hiatuses. Okay. So uh, it's not really, it's, it's never, it's not really a tour. You're just always trying to get more work. It's weird. I always think it's weird when, unless you're like Kevin Hart and you're actually doing a tour for the rest of us, we're just <laughs> doing another week of work. We're just paying our mortgage yeah. for another week, you know? So uh, yeah, I'm, I've never, I haven't worked in Boston at an actual club before. I, I've done a couple festivals here, but I'm so excited to work at Laugh Boston. It's a, it's a nice club. The sound can be, was a little bit weird in there for a long time. Like the way the the speakers and everything set up, but they got an expert in there and fixed it. So it sounds so much better than what it used to. Um, because it cool. was kind of the laughs really didn't go anywhere and they had trouble hearing the comedians, but uh, it's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a cool club. Um, but the um, thing I was going to ask, uh, but you do have a, do you, don't you have a new book coming out shortly? Oh, I do. Sorry. It's, I ha- it came out in February and it's called dead people. Oh, it's already out. Oh, it's out. Yes. Okay. Um, dead, um, pe- uh, dead people's uh, Oh, can, tell me what dead people suck is about. <laughs> it's, it's about my dad it's comedy it's a, like a comedic memoir about my dad dying of cancer and um it's uh it covers uh, hospice and things you want an old person to do before they die how how you want to prepare yourself for your parental your par- parental death i guess and your ultimate uh status as an orphan even at middle age and how shocking it is and funerals and grief and all that kind of stuff um so (laughs) uh well welcome to the dead dad club i'm a member of it myself there's a chapter called people who say welcome to the dead dad club oh shit Um, (laughs) (laughs) is it a good chapter or a bad chapter no it's under the subheading people are awful um No, yeah, you nailed that one on the head. No, I am an know, awful I, person. So what I hated about that is people said it to me like the day after my dad died, and and they were, and I I kind of felt like, hey, you know what? This this is my thing to joke about. And you your dad died five years ago, and so you're in a different place. And don't don't assume I'm there yet. And it really and because it, it, it was it's not like. People said it a lot and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that and I don't want to be here. I don't like this club and I don't want to be welcome to it. Uh, you know what? I'll talk to you in a year when this isn't so raw. So it's sort of that kind of feeling. Oh, no, I, I uh, understandable. I um, the first year after my father passed, I thought I was fine. Uh, my father died uh, Christmas Day into the next day, like in the middle of the night uh, uh. on the toilet. Like I, the, oh my god! Yeah, no, my dad went out like the king. Like he went out like Presley. Really so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's cool. But no, I, uh, I thought I was fine with it until a year later. I uh, moved here to Boston, uh, and I was here. It was day after Christmas, and I'm at an open mic, just working stuff out. And for some reason, everybody started doing family. And it's the day after Christmas. Everyone's doing family and dad jokes. And right. I made a couple dad jokes about my dad that weren't even true. They were just funny ones. 
Like something yeah. like, you know, oh, I let, let me quote my dad. And then I would just make a smacking down sound or whatever. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but just something like that. And then I remember yeah. sitting there listening to everybody else talk about their dads. And then I'm like, oh, no, I got to go outside. I can't cry here in front of everyone at this open mic. Let me get out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, it can. It, it, I understand how it can sneak up on you uh, at, at, at times where it's not uh, appropriate. So sorry that I just yeah. sorry that I just became a hack where I'm like, welcome to the Dead Dads Club. Ugh, I hate myself now. Oh no, no, no. I, I just meant that when um people say it too soon, you know? <laughs> like at the funeral. <laughs> yeah, I mean literally on the Facebook the day after someone said it, and I'm just like, I'm gonna find out where you live and punch you because I'm angry <laughs> and I don't want to be in your fucking club. Um but uh but I don't care now. It's been four years, you know. Uh, uh you've laminated your membership card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh okay. And then uh what is the last thing? I didn't even read it, but recently I think you had an article about uh something uh oh before we move away from the top is there any other is there anything in particular about the book or that your dead father you would like in print is there a certain question or a certain way you, you want something said i i would say it's it's um it's uh it's a book about death that is a loss but not a tragedy okay all right. Uh, outside of pitch, is there anything like, oh, here's a good story to sell the book or, or, or to pitch the book or here's a uh, a, a joke that uh, about the book other than the chapter of I, like that. The chapter thing is going in there. I don't care how bad it makes me look. I'm totally putting that chapter thing in there where it's like, <laughs> hey, by the way, welcome to the Dead Death Club. Yeah, I have a chapter about that phrase. Um, uh, well, there's another chapter called When the Wrong Parent Dies First. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you can imagine my relationship with my mother. So, <laughs> oh, uh, the wrong. Oh God, no, that's great. Uh, I, I oh, that's going in there too. Uh, that'll go in the article cool. somehow. I'll rewrite that. Um, and then uh, there's I, I didn't read it, and this might have been nothing, but uh, I guess you had an article where somebody asked you about Louis C.K. Um, it was just an it was an op ed, but. Uh, uh, that I wrote for um, the New York Times. Uh, okay, uh, and it was it was it was it was off of the Louis C.K. stuff, but it was more just about being a female comic. Uh, I I don't want to use the question. By the way, what's your opinion of being a female in comedy? Because that is terrible. I'll I find can't a... answer it. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Uh, uh, is there anything on that subject you want to say, and then I'll figure out how to write a non-jerk off question about it. About about uh, the op-ed. A... Uh, is there anything close to the op-ed or the Louis or being a woman that, that you want said? No can be also a fine answer. It's just yeah. Let's go with no. Okay. It's such, um, I Are mean, you... it's like uh, I feel like it's over-examined. Maybe I, uh -huh. I don't have anything new to add to it. You know, it's so uh, you you can have a you, people can talk to a female comic without having to talk about women comedy. <laughs> yeah no no i get it um that's yeah. why i said it like this do you have a way that you want to say something in a in a unique way no fine awesome good we can move <laughs> on literally i was just saying to my old roommate yesterday that uh like my last five articles have all been uh for the paper i only submit a paper uh, an article every other week uh every two weeks yeah. or so and they've all been women 
articles. And I was like, I feel like I have to at least have one man article coming out soon just so it doesn't look like I'm forcing <laughs> this one because it was the, I did a, a whole like round table for the women in comedy festival. Um, oh, cool. And then I just had Erica, Erica Rhodes just came out this week. And then before that I had, uh, uh, uh the last two before that were just local comedian Q and A's. And then now you, awesome. and I was like, I feel like I should just put one man article in the middle of all that. Just so it doesn't look like I'm trying to force some, some agenda or that I'm trying to make up for something. So, Okay. Um, uh, yeah. You don't have to do that. It'll no, come, yeah, I, believe me, it'll come naturally. <laughs> no, the, I mean, the men will. You'll find a male comic to interview. I promise. You. Yeah. No, facetiously. You, you don't have to work too hard at it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, men in comedy? I don't know if I'm gonna find one. I don't know. <laughs> I think we've ran the plethora of them, but um, okay, cool. So Louis, nothing. We got dead dad talk. Um, and uh, I think that is all I have okay. for you. Uh, is there anything other than like promoting the show that you want mentioned? Is there one of those, you know, I always wish somebody in an interview would ask me this question that you have. No, just the, the show and the book. That'd be great. Cool. I'll uh, note the book. Uh, I'll note, I'll note both of them in there. Um, all right. Hey, this was really fun. Uh, I'm glad you're so responsive to it. Um, and uh, I like, I, I don't do a lot of these phone ones, but I've done one or two where somebody felt hostile on the other end. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Cause you're my idol and stop being mean to me before you even know me, but all right, cool. Have a great day at work. Okay. Give Conan a high Thanks, five for me. And uh, I'll okay. see you. At, I'll see you at the end of May. Okay, cool. See you soon. Bye. Bye.